very silent. Spend all your time waiting for that second chance for a break that would make it okay. There's always some reason. And it's hard at the end of the day. I need some distraction. Oh, beautiful release. Memories seep through my veins. And maybe empty. I'll wait less than maybe. Find some peace. Please adopt that, or he'll have to unfortunately put, be put down. Oh, no. This is the Kill Shelter, yep. known as the Harder Brunch Podcast. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to the Harder Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me, surprise, surprise, back from the dead, Daddy is Jay McKee. I'm back. We thought last week was going to be your last episode. Mm, yeah. Maybe no. Maybe that's just a bit we do now. Every week is like Dad's last Still, episode. <laughs> kind of like that uh, character on South Park. Just kill him off every yeah. episode. Yeah. This is your actual last episode, though. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks for reminding me. We're, <laughs> we're very excited <laughs> to have you. I feel like we're in bonus territory now, though. Yeah. We get we get an extra week of that. Very exciting. And the sauce boss on the ones and twos, the wheels of steel, the sauce lord of Indianapolis, and the last white dragon. Give it up for sauce boss, Zach. Hey there. Thank you, Dylan. Not man. No one ever gives it up when I say give it up for him. Nope, that was the first time. <laughs> and a very, very, very special guest with us in studio, uh, comedian, podcaster, uh, mayor of Irvington. <laughs> give it up for uh, our guest today, uh, Gillen Roar. Thank you. Thank Woo! you. Thank you. And uh, excellent. What what prompted the song choice for the Arms of an I Angel? I just think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. I couldn't remember which sad commercial that was attached to. Was yeah. it an adoption? It was a pet adoption it was, for yeah. dogs. It was. Yeah, it was like all animals that had been abused, like shaking in cages. They mm. were like panicking. So I like to use it when I go on stage. Yeah, it puts people <laughs> in the mood for my show. Good. I did the air sex show at the Irving. Actually, Gwen Sunkel, who we both know, was, you got pulled. She up was close to you. Against, Okay, she was competing against me in it. Uh, and that was the song that I did my air sex, <laughs> which consisted of me getting pegged. Yeah. So I really matched the, the ambiance. Of the did scene. you win? Uh, I went to uh, the finals, but Gwen won. Okay. Mm. Wow. Because, of course, she did. <laughs> of course, she did. Yeah. yeah. Well, Gwen doesn't do anything half-assed. That's true. Um, oh. Welcome to the program. Uh, I was saying off off air that... You've been a guest on, uh, I think, every podcast that I've had. On, I think so, yeah. Red Flag Podcast and um, on the Drunk Dial. But we finally got you in here in studio. And uh, I think it was it felt perfect because this is our Halloween episode. Right on. Our uh, spooktacular, if you will. Uh, Zach wanted to call it that. I don't know why. It was <laughs> Spook. Wow. Hey. Spooktacular, though. 
He's ready for the spooktacular. Like, that was a joke, but he's... Yeah, I get really, really, really hyped up for spooky season. Okay. Uh, next week, Than and I are going to actually be moving uh, to a new place, so uh, this is our big Halloween episode, and uh, when I think Halloween in Irvington, I think of Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the season, yes. It's, uh, it's year-round for me, generally, but... Well, and also you're a, uh, a not not just a horror aficionado, but a movie aficionado in, yeah. in general. But you really love cult cult films are my my big. I really like movies that kind of are singular and have that following that kind of came after the fact. Like mm-hmm. right. Rocky Horror is probably the best known, but you know movies like Clue where no box office at all, but then on VHS people started getting it. Yeah, right. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. blew up things like that. Yeah, yeah, those are great. I'd love to see what the top ten list of of things that bombed at the box office, but then became like huge it's, in the secondary market. Yeah, like half baked. Was it half baked? Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a really uh, good example. It's a, it kind of happened more after we got VHS because the movies would find that second life, mm-hmm. and now we see it all the time. But early on, like a movie like Rocky Horror. It was basically distributors had signed a contract that they'll show this movie. Nobody was coming to see it, and they're like, fuck it, we'll put it on at midnight and just get it out of her and put the movies that make money ahead of it. And it kind of just grew from there. I was thinking about this the other day. How come Rocky Horror doesn't get more clout for being such like a, a gay pioneer, like a queer pioneering movie? It does. Um, that goes back. The, the real... LGBT, the, the queer cinema breakout started in the 60s. Um, Andy, Warfall, Andy Warhol kind of um, put it more in the mainstream in his own way with movies like Trash. And then uh, he did horror films too. Um, Paul Morrissey directed uh, Flesh for Frankenstein and Blood for Dracula. Um, and both of those also were, can be considered LGBT movies. Um, and you got into the 70s there when things like that were being made. Early on, it was a, um, like, we, Julie and I were discussing this as we were watching one recently. Sometimes Aunt Martha Does Dreadful Things is another great example of early queer cinema where you could have gay characters, but because they were still considered deviants, and I'm doing air quotes for the listeners here, um, they had to die. There, mm. there had to be some kind of retribution for them for being deviants. Um and then when you get toward like 75 when Rocky Horror is coming out, that's changing. And so yeah. you could be deviant and luxuriate in it. And that, I think the 70s, just the freewheeling lifestyle really helped make that happen. Well, I just think about like, I remember like being a kid and like going to like the local Rocky, like on the west side of town and mm-hmm. just thinking about how like that was happening like all over the Midwest. You have people like cross-dressing and cosplay mm-hmm. to like do all this stuff and i'm like man that really like i just i feel like it should get a lot more uh accolades than it does like for being like such a like because i even think about like I, I guess like like in retrospect it was just, like a fun thing to do but yeah. i was like yeah it was like that movie's pretty gay you know <laughs> like, it, it was like an outlet that's um as soon as i got a license i grew up in southern indiana on a horse farm and so as soon as i got a license i drive to louisville mm-hmm. and like ear ecstasy records and the Vogue theater both changed my life. I, you know, I discovered like the dead Kennedys and the misfits and 
like music that was outside of the realm of anything I'd heard. Yeah. And then at the Vogue on Saturday nights, midnight, you go see Rocky Horror. And it was just you and a bunch of people who didn't give a shit what anybody else was into. They yeah, just yeah, loved yeah. you for it. So, that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Pump gets it. Yeah. He's got a lot of strong opinions about Rocky Horror. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely the way I felt. Like it was always... Yeah, it was a, just a mix of weirdos. Yeah. And it was just like an all, all, all were welcome. It was for, it, I, I call it a place where the out of place felt like they belonged. Mm. Which for a lot of kids in high school, you know, that are out of place, be it because they're gay, be it because they're just a big fucking weirdo like me. Yeah. You know, you, <laughs> you finally found this place where people didn't give a shit about any of that. They were interested in it. Yeah. And so it felt really awesome to be in that scene. So you got you got the kind of the cult horror movie the cult movies in you early, yeah. Growing up, um, in a latchkey kid, I'd get home, my folks wouldn't be there, my sister would be at like volleyball or something, and instead of like doing anything I should be doing, I'd watch the afternoon movie, and it was always something like. I remember one in particular called, <laughs> it's it's called, that's literally the name. It's a bunch of S's. And Dirk Benedict and uh, Strother Martin are in it. And Strother Martin plays this mad scientist who turns Dirk Benedict into a snake. And it fucking freaked me out. I was like <laughs> eight when I watched it. It terrified me. And then I became obsessed with it. And um, That's kind of how it all started. It was like Sammy Terry late at night. Yeah. You know, my sister would drag me down to watch it. And I'd be, so, I'd be like five and terrified. And like Horror Hospital is one I really remember that... It opened with Michael Gunn, who played Alfred in the Tim Burton Batman movies, okay. the, the, the Shoemaker ones. He uh, He's sitting in the back of this limo, and there's these two bloodied-up people running. And suddenly the limo takes off after him, and Michael Gunn, he nods at the camera, and the camera spins around, and there's this midget, excuse me, little person, whatever we call them now, sitting <laughs> in a, a chair thing, throws a switch, and this blade shoots out and cuts their heads off. Mm. And I was gone. after I just shot up the stairs. But um, I was obsessed with it. It stuck with me, and while it terrified me, as I got older, I was seeking it out. And then, you know, I watched it older, and I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty fucking awesome. I remember there's a few things that stick out in my head from youth that, like, uh, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, whenever Large Marge, like, faces. Like, I would just, I would know exactly when it was coming up, and I would walk out, and I would count, do a countdown, (laughs) and then I'd come back in the room and finish the rest of it. Um, was she that traumatic? Oh yeah, like well, she's like kind of telling like a scary story, and 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 then at the the payoff is that she her face goes claymation, it goes all crazy. But I mean, yeah, it was too much for me. Uh, do you remember the TV show? There was a mini series a uh, long time ago called V. Oh yeah, and first so, time that mask came off, man. I mean, I was like four or five when that came out. Yeah, so I remember watching. And it was just it was li- lizard aliens that wore fake human flesh. And they would rip off their human masks. Robert England's in that. Freddy Krueger himself plays a nerdy little alien. Yeah, in Billy. That. Yeah, and, uh, and they Willie. Eat, I they, think it's Willie. Willie. Yeah, and they would eat rats and stuff. Oh, <laughs> but like guinea pig. They would she eat oh. that one guinea pig? <laughs> I had nightmares for for years about people yeah. ripping off the. Yeah, uh, you'd just be talking to someone. They'd be like, "Hold on a second. They'd rip off their human mask. Actually, and, today is the 40th anniversary of the premiere of Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. It was a made-for-TV movie on CBS. Um, it, it it really fucked up our entire generation. But um, <laughs> and this was made-for-TV. It was in the 70s. Um, 
or no, it was 81, 81, excuse me. Um, they, uh, this, this guy played by Larry Drake, who was in dark man. He played the bad guy in dark man. Mm -hmm. He was on LA law. He plays this mentally challenged guy. Who's basically a big kid. And this little girl that he's friends with gets mauled by a dog and everybody thinks he did it. So these vigilantes led by Charles Durning go out and he hides in a scarecrow and they go out and they shoot him, kill him. And so then the rest of the movie, these guys would see a scarecrow appear in a field by their house and then they die like horribly, like one falls into a thresher and shit. It's fucking <laughs> awesome, mm. but it's terrifying. Yeah. And as kids, you know, we were, we were watching it because our parents were off doing yeah. something, you know. And so we watched this shit and then, you know, it wouldn't sleep. The next day at school, we'd all talk about it. Like, those made-for-TV yeah. movies, like Trilogy for Terror. Um, oh, my God, there's so many. There's, uh, there's actually a great book by um, Amanda Reyes. Um, call, it's made-for-TV mayhem. And it's kind of just an encyclopedia of some of the best of those films. And Was um, Amazing Stories made for TV, or was that a, a film? That was made for TV. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more of an anthology series. But these were like movies they would, they, that the, the, their three stations, NBC, CBS, and ABC, would produce themselves. Because mm. that was the only option you had was those three stations. So they could really put some money and some time into them, and they made some good movies. The Twilight Zone movie in the 80s had a very similar thing. Yeah. Where it was like, because it was, isn't it like, uh, it's like Dan Aykroyd and someone else. And Albert Brooks. And Albert yeah, Brooks. and that opening, and yeah. I, I, that, ter I had to leave after that opening scene, like, <laughs> but it's basically they're like two friends on a highway, and they like, they pull over, break down, I can't remember, yeah. and they're like, just kind of like, fucking with each other. And one of them's like, hey, you want to see something really scary? And it's the same thing, like, turns around, and he's just like, got a, a monster. <laughs> yeah, he's just a horrible <laughs> monster face. Uh, Thad has a really good podcast that I think you would be perfectly suited yeah. for because Thad hasn't seen uh, most, movies. most movies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, my podcast is called IDK It, and I just like watch movies with uh, people. Awesome. And we talk about them, and like, we're watch either we're watching it for the first time or it's my first time. Oh, do I have some movies for you? Yeah. Well, after what we just saw today, I, I'm I'm a little bit scarred. Never <laughs> ate and watched. We, what what did we watch? Slither. Slither. Yeah. yeah. It was it was crazy. <laughs> it was basically aliens taking advantage of humans. There is some. It's, there's it's, a, some pretty, that, it's a pretty common theme. Yeah, yeah that was just going to say that could be a broad theme. <laughs> Aliens taking advantage of humans. Yeah, that's what it was. It wasn't the other way around. Like, we're taking advantage of them. But these aliens are doing some questionable things, I'll say. Yeah. At least. There was no consent involved. Zero. In of zero. I was waiting for it. Is he going to even ask? It's a... It's a very it's a very gross movie, but there's a lot of humor in it too. And like, yeah. I feel like I love when things are tempered like that. It's like I feel like you can get away with being so much more gross if it's yeah. like, but hey, we're all laughing over here. When I mean, that's that trauma pedigree that yeah. where James Gunn came from, where you mm -hmm. have movies like Toxic Avenger that are gore fest, but they're funny as hell and they're poorly acted and they're just fun to watch. Yeah, I feel like I thought that was Sean. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's it? The guy that did Toxic Avenger. Sean's his brother. Sean's his brother. Uh, oh. Lloyd Kaufman Lloyd did, Toxic, did yeah. Toxic Avenger, yeah. Okay, and James, James Gunn, Gunn was on there too? No, not on that one, but he wrote Tromeo and Juliet, which is probably my favorite trauma film. Oh, it's the I remake watch of that. Romeo and Juliet. It's got a penis it's, monster. Yeah, it's fucking Oh, great. another penis monster? What was up with Lloyd and the penis monsters? Enough. <laughs> That's kind of a Lloyd thing, man. <laughs> it is a Lloyd. <laughs> what is... 
I mean, I remember watching that for the first time, and like my jaw just dropped. Yeah, I wasn't ready for a peanut. No one is. <laughs> Which I one did you watch? Was. Did you watch Terror Firmer? Uh, no, I watched the uh, Toxic Avengers, like one through five. Oh, all of them! Wow, I'm, I watched a lot of them. Yeah, there's Citizen a watermelon Toxie's scene great, that man. like you just have to rewind yeah. where. <laughs> this guy, like, they made the 80s bully seem really bad. Like, I want to hit this kid in the middle of the road. Yeah. Like, I, he, That's the first one, yeah. He's like, I want to hit him, I want to hit him, I want to. And he hits him, and the the head explodes. And I'm like, this is crazy. It's a cantaloupe filled he, with hamburger meat yeah, and fake blood. Yeah. yeah. That's what they'd use. <laughs> yeah. My mom, so I watched, they had, they made a cartoon out of that. Yeah, for, for children, Crusaders. the Toxic that Crusaders, and I was a fan Why? of the cartoon, and then I saw the movie, and I was like, "Oh, it's Toxy!" And so I, I, I rented it, and I remember we took it home, and we got to like that first scene, and my mom just got up and yanked it out of the VCR. I was like, nope, <laughs> no, that's like a deep throat cartoon. Like you can't have cartoons. <laughs> there was so many cartoons in the nineties, like, eighties, and nineties. There was a Rambo one, man. There was Rambo, RoboCop yeah. had a cartoon, the Toxic Crusaders. Uh, what po- do they do po- with the blood? Po- police Academy. They just they, they did GI Joe it, where yeah. you always see the parachute when the plane blows up. Oh, you know, they yeah. just kind of do that. And they, they shoot lasers at yeah. each other that never, no one ever hits anybody. Yeah, and, but yeah, a lot of the uh, the IP was like They're hard R's, and then there was a Mr. T cartoon. Mr. T was arguably the softest out of all that. He though. definitely was. Yeah. It was uh, a lot of come on, kids. Yeah. A lot of school. A lot of pointing fingers. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of hype. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. Listen to your parents. Stay in school. Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. In yeah. The there was a Swamp Thing one. Uh, Mighty Ducks. Uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh yep. shoot! They did a cartoon of that one. A lot of uh, yeah, a lot of inappropriate. I'm surprised there wasn't a Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Trauma actually did. Like outside of their their exploitation films, they do like they did one called Lucky Tales, Lucky's First Sleepover, where it's like a they use live animals and just narrate, kind of like Homeward Bound, where they mm. narrate the voices over them. It's yeah. like Lloyd and his daughter and shit talking for cats and dogs and stuff, and it's just a harmless little kids movie. But it's literally by the same folks who made Terror Firmer. Where oh, it's it's it, four children though. Yeah, it's okay, four they're kids. not like. Yeah. Fuck you, dog. No. <laughs> I always thought it'd be fun to do a movie like that where it was just like, you know, just to have a movie with like real animals, but they're just like, you know, go fuck yourself. I don't yeah. know. This, <laughs> this is cursing. No. You never seen the adult content, uh, unrated version of Homeward Bound? No. <laughs> yeah, the director's cut of that is very different. Yeah, it's dark. <laughs> it's like some hardcore sex scenes. We found yeah. it's we, like martyrs. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the trainer's name? Do you remember that guy's name? Oh, oh, uh, we found because you know, like a, a bunch of they, they they went through a bunch of cats and dogs making that oh, movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a <laughs> there is no bigger lie in a credits than no animals were harmed in this production. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Lloyd, no. Uh, yeah. Wait, so you're claiming you you're claiming that that Homeward Bound killed a bunch of cats and dogs? Oh, yeah. Like when you see a scene where like there's an animal like falls in the river, that one <laughs> never came back, and then they they had a lot of uh, a lot of cats and dogs perish perish. Uh, it's but in those movies in the '30s, the, like the westerns, like if somebody got shot to make the horse fall, they just throw a tripwire. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's you hope, a, you hope the stunt man makes it through. <laughs> there's there's a reason they have those. No animals were harmed yeah. in the thing because they used to harm a lot of animals. Did well, you that Disney one, The Great North? I think it's called uh, White Wilderness. Um, 
it's where the myth of lemmings started, where that lemmings would run off a cliff. Mm-hmm. It's because the filmmakers were chasing them off a cliff, literally, in a Disney movie. Wow. <laughs> Behind the scenes, what? these guys murdering a bunch of lemmings. What? I always say it's my favorite Disney film. Do you have you ever seen? Uh, I think it's called Roar. Ever seen? That oh yeah, just all the. I'm actually going to show that one. Soon. All the lions just wiling yeah, out. It's a uh, it's a uh, Melanie Griffith, young Melanie Griffith, and um, um, Tippy Hedren. Yeah, and her husband. They lived with lions in their house. It's fucking crazy. Have you seen it? I've seen. I haven't seen the whole thing, but I've seen a long section. It's literally it. a yeah. documentary of these people being mauled by what they think are their pets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Crazy. Being locked, yeah. The the uh, like so much of it is just juking and jiving, trying to get away from this. It's like you've never seen this, Zach. No, I've just never uh, heard it pronounced juking and jiving. Juking and jiving. <laughs> how do you, how else do you get away from lions? Yeah, You're not juking and jiving. There's like a whole series of movies like that from that era. There's a, a great one that not enough people know about called Maidenstone that um, Norman Mailer was making. And Rip Torn was in it. This is late 60s. And at one point, Rip Torn is out of his head on acid. Just gone. And he comes out, and he just starts beating the shit out of Norman Mailer with a hammer in front of his family. What? (laughs) He's like, like, I'm trying to keep it real, baby. That's what he keeps saying over and over while he's doing it. It's insanity. And it's a movie that I think we all should watch. Rip Torn (laughs) <laughs> Rip Torn was like a wild dude. Like, oh with, yeah, like up I, to the end, man. Yeah, I, 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 I think a movie that's cl- classically underappreciated is Freddy Got Fingered. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, and he makes it. Man. Oh yeah, Rip Torn is just amazing. Daddy, do you want some sausages? <laughs> I did find the uh, trainer. Yes, um, his name was Franklin. Weathermax. So Frank Weathermax. Frank Weathermax was the animal trainer on Homeward Bound. His middle name. Allegedly. You guessed it. Put that it. in there. I'm, I'm going to save you guys legally Thrall. here. Allegedly animals die. <laughs> no, there, there's proof. There's, there's, there's Wait, wait, wait. They wait. said they couldn't prove it, but they did. there were charges filed. About the suspicion of some twenty-seven. No, they cats. would drown. They would. <laughs> that's a large amount of cats. Like, like large. That's a large that's suspicion. Twenty-five. I that's can see. That's a specific number. Twenty-six. No, They they drowned cats. I think nine cats were drowned in the the, the scene. Yeah, they had a lot of lookalikes. They would break their foot. So like, oh, there needs to be a limping scene, and yeah. we're not sure if the do- the cat's okay. No, oh, the cat. The original cat's okay, but they just take another cat and break its ankle. Yeah, they would. They would. They were sick, and like, and everyone was like, at least no, nothing got hurt. Like, it, I think Michael J. Fox is just laughing in the background. He's laughing all the way to the bank. It's like, as long yeah. as these checks are clear. There's a spoof reel where they're like making funny cracks over like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, what's that smell? Oh, yeah, this is all the. We totally stepped on Frank Weathermax. Uh, Frank Weathermax. <laughs> yes, sir. Animal trainer. What'd you say his middle name was? You guessed it. Thrall. <laughs> Frank Thrall, Thrall Weatherback. That doesn't sound like a guy that would kill 18 cats. No, not at all. It sounds like he'd kill hundreds of cats. That sounds like a cat killer. Like, uh, you can just call me Thrall. Yeah, I feel, like that's, I feel like that's in his introduction. He's like, you think Frank Weathermax hasn't drowned 28 cats yeah. before? How many incinerators do you think you can drown? I've drowned more cats before breakfast than some people do all day. 
Just chewing. I just love drowning cats. <laughs> like, you just never see, are you going to eat a uh, thrall? He's like, no, he's just always chewing that dip. He's like, oh, I'll eat when I eat. Like, we never see you eat. That's all right. I brought some spares. He's like, all you do is chew. We got we got a movie to make, God damn it. There's like, just like a trailer full of the exact same looking cat. <laughs> Mewing. He's standing around with this Pepsi spit can. <laughs> he he looks like a uh, like a a retired third base coachman. Like, <laughs> oh my God, he does. <laughs> He's like, I don't get paid anymore. They let me hang around the team. Uh, pretty, you know, he has no problem with minorities. He's a good guy. He's, he's got some opinions. <laughs> the eyebrows say it. Yeah. Well, if he was really woke. woke. I hang out of all the blacks. I'm guessing he's used the word Hebrew a lot (laughs) as a slur. He liked it better in the good old days. And he said that in the 40s. We don't need black cops. (laughs) We're fine. You're going to desegregate all the schools, all of them? Uh, I, I I kid thrall. We don't, don't know. know. We don't know. We just know that you're very comfortable with. Uh, we know we murdered a lot of animals. We don't sending, know sending <laughs> animals to heaven. What if who he hasn't? What I if mean, he was re- really? What if he was really woke for his for his time period? But he just loved killing animals. Right. <laughs> uh, you can't call him that. He was anymore. in the march on Selma, but he was yeah. dragging a bunch of cats behind him. Just <laughs> <laughs> a bag full of cats. We don't say that. We don't say that anymore. <laughs> Is there still a live cat in the background? <laughs> Sorry, I thought I killed them all. I had to shoot it right in front of me. We don't say that. He's at the Woolworths counter swinging a dead cat, trying to, trying to help a black guy. We don't we don't say queer. Actually, we do now, Frank. They probably he would have been a help because they wouldn't have turned the dogs loose on him. Yeah. So <laughs> he's like, send those dogs over here. See what the fuck happens to them. <laughs> Frank Weather Max don't fucking fuck around. Oh my god. How much time do we got before the I mean, we got time to besmirch another person, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, so here's a great story about the Marx brothers. So when they were touring for vaudeville, this is back before Zeppo Gummo was still with them, uh they were at a boarding house and Harpo picked up a sex worker. And these old boarding houses basically were just a bunch of rooms, and there was like a bathroom at the end of the hall that was shared. Mm-hmm. And so after their time together, he gets up and goes to the bathroom, and Chico's walking out. And he says, hey, I got a girl. Switch night shirts. Go have a crack. So they did, because all they all looked alike. And so then Chico goes in. And then it ends up all four of them end up having sex with her because yeah. they just swapped night shirts. Okay. okay. And... <laughs> She had really bad eyes. Too. <laughs> My guess is she probably thought Harpo was a machine. So I mean, because that's who she thought she was banging every time. So. Man, that's, that's <laughs> a weird way to find out everybody's dicks the same that's size. My favorite Marx Brothers story. <laughs> uh, hey, we guys, <laughs> you guys want to go on the road and do this? <laughs> I'm talking about rape. <laughs> She didn't notice that one of them had a cigar. <laughs> Why are you smoking all of a sudden? <laughs> I'm really into the trashy Hollywood stories. Those are my favorite. For yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm really into like figuring out like what the old Hollywood rules were. Like, 
Because like it, it'd be interesting to hear the, like the law. I think of what the was rules allowed on are TV. A, a loose way to say that, though. No, but what was allowed on TV? Like oh. they wouldn't let the same couple sleep in the same bed. Yeah. Like Dick Van Dyke. There was a right. lot of stuff that you couldn't have the, the uh, hero the, die. The monsters. I think the monsters was the first show to actually have the couple share a bed. Okay, so I that was scandalous right. at the time. Well, well, they got away with it because they weren't really human. That's how they sold it to him. Oh. And so they don't have They're like, guys, obviously that. monsters fuck, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot. <laughs> Human beings get a stork, but... Uh. Yeah, that gets back. Like, the Hayes Code kind of changed everything for movies, and then that bled into TV immediately as it was becoming more common. Like, um, well, I mean, it was the 50s and the Red Scare and everything else. You wouldn't dare show anything scandalous. So I wonder if that like turned people on back then. Like, hey, uh, they're calling their TV stations. Like, did you see what they did on the mo- <laughs> the monsters? The monsters, right? Monsters, uh-huh. yeah. And the monsters. There was it like even before that the stuff that I, I kind of like those codes because it's fun to watch people circumvent them. Like Groucho Marx when he was doing, um, oh shit, what was that ta- the game show he had? Um, say the magic word and the duck will drop down and you get $500. I can't remember the name of the, the game show, but like he said some really racy shit on that. And yeah. that was just a game show. But yeah. he got away with it because he's Groucho and he's older and he knew what limits he could push. Mm. Yeah, so like old school, fun. like uh, um, Hollywood Squares, I feel like. Oh, they, yeah. They, get away they with were some, even. <laughs> some pretty racy <laughs> stuff in the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They had dudes like Bruce Valanche writing for him. Yeah. And that dude. Man, he is funny and could write. He could write the best euphemism jokes. Yeah, who is what's the name of the guy who played uh, Uncle Arthur? Paul Paul Lind. Yeah, Paul Lind. I did him for Dead Comics a couple years ago. Actually, he's one of my favorites. Here's a here's a great Paul Lind story. He's on the set of Bye Bye Birdie, and they're they're rapping, and he's been standing next to Anne Margaret while everybody's saying their goodbyes. Finally, he looks over at her and goes. You know, I'm probably the only fella here who didn't want to fuck you. <laughs> I always thought Paul Lynn would have made a great Joker. Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Batman. The Simpsons did that parody when they were doing the Radiation Man. Is that what like I'm thinking of? Like the old of? series. He was the, the Scoutmaster. Oh, that's what, maybe that's what I'm Get him, boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more uh, Dylan Work. seems very Dylan. Yeah, that's my jam. <laughs> Hi, welcome back to the Heart of Brunch podcast. Um, so uh, food-wise today, uh, it is our uh, Hall- our Halloween episode, and uh, knew you were coming on, and uh, obviously you like um, uh, B-movies and horror movies a lot, so I tried to, tried to stick to a theme every week, 
And so uh, our first, well, I guess the 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 pre first course, uh, I feel like Zach did a lot of work to make this uh, cheese ball brains. And I will say, I haven't tried it yet, but I feel like it looks too gross. Like, I, like it looks, it looks like bleeding brains. Yeah, it does. It really does. Mm-hmm. It's and good. Which, it tastes good too. Is it tastes good? Just okay. like brains. <laughs> so, yeah, it's oh. like a cherry mustard. Uh, the brain part, mm-hmm. and then I poured hot sauce over it. Really hot sauce. And then, uh, yeah, to make it look like a bloody brain. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try some, and it looked great. But it, honestly, to me, I was just like, that doesn't, I, doesn't look like something I would eat. It looks like a, <laughs> a, a, a horror decoration. <laughs> uh, had you made that before? Yeah, uh, I, I've got a whole bunch of like food molds. We, we used to do a Halloween party every year that was pretty 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 fun and well well decorated for mm. and so i got one that's a heart and one that's a brain and okay we put, we put different like uh like cheese spreads in each of them yeah and then put just like a little bit of gelatin so they hold their form okay and then serve a big like cracker and charcuterie board with it well i'm sure i'm gonna eat some eat some of the brain cheese brain later yeah that was good uh and then so my first course was the uh um, Children of the Corn Chowder, very good. Which is great. It's real good. Um, I love a good. I mean, I I remember like in culinary school, they we had this party for some sort of big wigs or whatever, and they were doing, they did soup shooters at a party, and yeah. I, I I didn't really ever seen that before, and I was just like, I didn't know you could do soup shooters. It it seems like a weird thing that people wouldn't want to eat at like a mixer. Like <laughs> like shots of, of soup? Shots of soup, yeah. You don't have to worry about utensils or anything. Yeah, you just, you just boop and then throw it away. Yeah, who's going to eat soup at a party? You know? yeah. The other thing is like, uh, sometimes wings at a party are weird. Mm-hmm. Or like barbecue, people don't eat really messy, a bad messy idea food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of barbecue at the orgy. It seems like such a good idea beforehand. <laughs> and then, then you're sticky and yeah, it causes problems. What foods do you think they serve at orgies? Think. Um, <laughs> I mean, you want a nice buffet. Mm-hmm. I think usually, yeah. Um, you know, just an assortment. Like you, gotta, you gotta have something for the vegetarians, yeah. and you know, just kind of lay out a little spread in in a different room. Yeah, the, the room without the drain. That's where you do that. <laughs> Everything else goes on in the tiled drained room. <laughs> Uh, I don't get asked to those ice white chip parties, so I don't know. Um, and then I was very proud of this uh, the the soul pizza from Nightmare on Elm Street very Four, nice. yeah, with the with the meatballs. Um, outside of the fact that it turns into a screaming face in the in the actual movie, that's like <laughs> screaming in pain. Like when they first bring out the pizza, I was like, mm-hmm. "Man, it looks really good." Like, yeah. like when's the last time you had a meatball pizza? Like, it's not something you, you see very often. So I don't know if I've ever seen a meatball pizza. To be uh, honest, Giacomo's like, does one. Do they? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love, I love, I also love a good meatball. That was um, smoking goose. Uh, hillbilly sausage mi- uh, mixed with ch- their chorizo mm-hmm. and then ground beef. It was really um, good. Hillbilly sausage? Yeah. Are you still allowed to say hillbilly? <laughs> that's their, yeah, that's their, <laughs> that's their breakfast sausage. I, I, I didn't know we could drop the HB. I think yeah. it's called hillbelly. <laughs> hillbelly? Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Oh, like we saying it wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for the slur. I apologize. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was really excited about uh, that, and then the the bubbly uh, mozzarella yeah. on there too. 
Um, that was good. What's the third one? Always, uh, there's a, oh, the fried chicken. The, uh, oh, yeah. The Candyman chicken. Yeah, that was really good. Candyman fried chicken. I didn't know there was chicken in uh, Candyman. Well, there's uh, honey. Oh, yeah, there is honey. The bees. Yeah. That's a pretty good connection. Yeah. And it's a black movie, so that's where the fried chicken comes <laughs> inside. Oh. Because <laughs> okay. we love fried chicken. <laughs> that's what you wanted me to say, isn't it, Zach? No, I didn't want you to say anything. <laughs> I'm glad you did. He was just asking <laughs> questions. Now he's satisfied. Uh, <laughs> look, it was uh, it was good. <laughs> it was good. It was I'm not really going to pretend the fried it chicken really isn't good. good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really appreciated that you used actual honeycomb. Yeah. to put on top of it. Big you don't fan. see that that often. I think that's a really sharp. Um, yeah, I, I made the mistake, Dylan, a couple weeks ago. We had a honeycomb, and it. I was trying to get the honey to be a little bit more. Uh, fluid i guess mm-hmm. and i didn't think about it i just threw you wanted it. it out of the comb yeah i just threw it well i threw it in the microwave oh god for like, like like 15 seconds nothing like long it's made of fucking wax yeah i didn't think about that what a honeycomb actually was made out of and then it was just like a puddle of waxy honey and i was like oh yeah yeah it makes a lot of sense yeah that that honey was great you're allowed to eat the wax right yep yeah <laughs> Good. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, those uh, wax bottle uh, candies, mm-hmm. you know, with like, yeah. the, the little, like, I don't know, candy drink inside yeah, of Those in the wax lips. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I like the drink uh, portion of it, and then I always felt like, well, I'm going to eat the wax, but then I just always felt weird. Like, should I be eating this? Like, I thought you just no, spit you it don't at eat your the siblings. Wax. You, you oh. spit it at, like, your yeah. sister and stuff. <laughs> you spit it out. That's what I thought yeah, that was yeah, for. Yeah. <laughs> for troublemaking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that'd High be weird if someone ate shines that. and whatnot. I saved it all Horse up in my microwave they called it. and drank it like a soup. Like uh, soup. Uh, and then um, uh, I did. I tried to do a, a soy. A, a, I tried to do a soy curry. I thought it would come out greener than it did. It was supposed to be soylent green. You uh, were so ashamed of that one. <laughs> you didn't, like, I was even trying to, because I didn't know what the, the gimmick was, and so I'm like, come on, Dyke, tell about it, and you're just in there just acting like you, you didn't do your homework. <laughs> I, I, like, I, it's real hard if I make five things and one thing bothers me, it's real hard for me to sure. come out and be like, hey, isn't this great, everybody? I'm like, this yeah, you're, totally, a, you're a comic, exactly. I'm just like, yeah. this thing's a hunk of shit, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm right. sorry that, that you guys have like to look at it. The whole room's laughing. The one guy who's yeah. not is the only one you're thinking about after the show. Yeah. This yeah. was supposed to be so much better in my head. Do you feel like you had a tight five today? Uh, no. <laughs> I had a tight four, and uh, and then I had that, yeah, that uh, soiling green. I would have been better off serving actual people, I think. <laughs> That's harder to do I than don't you know. think. I, I do. Like, I, so I get the green, but you did opt for like a completely vegetarian dish to be the people. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was uh, the joke well, of it. Well, the soy of the tofu. Oh, okay, yeah, my bad. Soylent. That was good. It was. It was. That was a very good joke and a very good dish. <laughs> <laughs> it was. We all laughed for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we all laughed and did not eat it. <laughs> <laughs> there were some pretty good gross-out gags going on in Slither at the time, too, yeah. so I think that wasn't helping. Yeah, that, that didn't help the appetite at all. I felt like we were all, like, trucking through. Oh, I had no problem. 
You had no problem watching no. Uh, guts no, that explode. Me. No, that, that was that was also that was also like just fun for me because I was like I'm gonna put this on. I was like I know Dylan's not gonna be bothered at all, and I feel like everyone else is gonna be like. Why are we watching this while we're eating? I've actually recorded, like, categorized my DVD collection and Blu-ray collection by movies that I like others watching. I, I really, I've got a couple movies, Ooh. Um, actually three now. Sometimes Aunt Martha's on that list now too. But watching other people watch these movies, um, we got here. Oh uh, well, that, sometimes Aunt Martha does dreadful things. The Sinful Dwarf and Bat Pussy. Um, Wait, without a doubt, Did that come after uh, COVID. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. It's one no, of the it's signs a, of COVID. This company called Something Weird, um, <coughs> they bought a bunch of reels from a, a smut shop in Tennessee that they found in the back. They sold them to them. And among them was this movie that it, it was it, literally the title card was written like out on a piece of paper and it's called Bat Pussy. And it's from sometime around the 1970. Um, it's considered the first porn parody. Mm. And it's not porn. It's naked people who have no idea what to do with their bodies. And um, my, my producer, Jason Harris, describes it as asking your bowling team to make a porno. It's, uh, <laughs> I call it a snuff film missing the ending. Oh. But uh, it's this, this guy who's like a trucker who is flaccid the entire film. Never once is he erect. And he and this lady with a wonderful beehive basically trash talk each other for 50 minutes or so. Yeah. And do anything but fuck. They they do a couple unfortunate close-ups of him trying to figure out what a vagina is and how it works. And it's really awkward. Watching other people watch it is the best thing in the world was this rated rated x yeah okay well I, it wasn't rated at all i mean yeah. literally it was a reel sitting in the back of a but like it's edited it's got a soundtrack but it's edited poorly like there's portions where the sound cuts out completely and you see the two actors look like behind the camera <laughs> and then nod and then change up positions it's it's weird it's really really weird and i can't recommend it enough batgirl rides a hippity hop what's the what's the worst movie and by worst i mean worst and most unenjoyable movie for you because you love a lot of bad movies i mean honestly and i'm not i'm not trying to be like a a hip guy or something but like the marvel movies like the more recent ones like i love the first avengers just a fun action film everything subsequent to that I don't. I, as soon as I leave the theater, I don't remember what happened. Mm. It's it's just a bunch of flashing lights and nonsense, and it's way too long. I mean, tell your story in fucking ninety minutes, or don't tell your story. It. We don't need three hours to tell us how the Marvel superheroes won the battle. You know. Yeah. It's it's it, and I walk out of those completely unimpressed. But um, I like movies that, and I'm not against those kinds of movies. I mean, they uh, people who love them. Good for you, man. I think it's great. I what do what you love, but um, I like movies that stand out from that. That even if they're bad, if they're singular, if there's something really, there's some chance taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's why I don't like the Razzies. I think the Razzies punish you for taking chances. Like Razzies and Rotten Tomatoes have done more to harm film than any other things in the world. I think they uh, 
as soon as you start rating things and then corporations start releasing yeah. based on, oh, this one's higher. You know, uh, yeah, it's yeah. everybody else's opinion telling you what's good. Right. And they start making clones because, like, this will make money. Yeah. All right, what we got? We need, yeah. we need titties on this one. Uh, a, a car chase scene. Yep. That's not even good. It doesn't even have to be good car chase. It's, yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's like that. Jaws has a thousand clones. You know, Piranha is an absolute ripoff of Jaws. And Alligator is a ripoff of Jaws. There's just like a whole series yeah. of movies that were just cl- Jaws clones because that was selling tickets. And that'll never go away. Mm-hmm. But there's movies out there, though, that um, and, and not even like the art films like A24 is putting out. They're really good. A lot of them are very, very interesting. But there's like Neil Breen. <laughs> He's my favorite director. He's this dude that lives in Vegas. He's an architect. And he makes his own movies. He, I don't know where he gets the money. He may make it himself. I don't know. He's done some Kickstarters. But he makes these movies that are just, it's like filming his own ego. But I guarantee you'll never see anything like it. And like weeks later, you'll be thinking about it. Even though it's almost unwatchable, it will not leave your head because mm. it's so unique. And I'd rather watch that any day. Yeah. Have you seen The One I Love? The One I Love? With Mark Duplass? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I like some of their movies. Uh, is yeah, it one of their Mumblecore ones? Uh, no, but you got to check that one out. The one I like. highly recommend. That hasn't seen any mainstream movies, but he's seen this. Uh, what this is, movie. is that a horror? It's not. Well, he's seen this movie that no one else has ever seen. Here, and I, I will think say he just likes to. Go ahead. Oh no, yeah, go on. I is think it, you just have to watch it without any explanation. Don't watch a trailer. And then see just what unfolds. Is it one he made with his brother? Is it like a Duplass Brothers film? I think so. His brother okay, um, yeah. is probably behind it. They're really unique. Because he's acting in it. Yeah. yeah. The, the Puffy Chair is another one by them I really liked. Right. Yeah. Super cerebral. Yeah. Cerebral. Quiet. Really quiet. Yeah. Thoughtful. Yeah. But like, but quiet, but loud. Yeah. Like, it, all the quiet parts are the loudest scenes ever. You're like, your heart's beating. You're like, oh my gosh. You just got to watch it. You haven't seen it yet. Uh, no, I, I definitely want to now after that description. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what? Screw you. I the only quit. pitch on the film is it's quiet I quit. but loud. I was quiet but loud. Yes, I quit. If we can't use simple words to describe complex things, then I don't know what I'm doing podcasting anymore. All right? No, I do. I do want to see it. Um and I also I want to share. As I, uh, I don't know if uh, Thad and Zach, you guys know this, but outside of um, being a podcaster and uh, a, a movie buff, Dylan also used to work at the same summer camp that I used to work at. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yes. Now, Dylan, I've gotten uh, scolded and uh, berated. For telling uh, camp stories. Oh, well, and I'm I mean, like, I'm no, 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 no. For telling camp <laughs> stories ad nauseum. <laughs> that's what he gets scolded and berated. I for. worked at the camp for ten years. Like, I mean, this yeah, like but we a, don't have to. <laughs> and that's <laughs> the point. I, I honestly, I think you were a camper the year I worked there. I only worked there one year, oh. but like all my friends worked there, like for a long time. Like yeah. Matt Zink, who we both know, worked there yeah. forever. His wife was like the assistant director there. For yeah, a while. Mary Beth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it just it, it was just funny because when when I, when I was introduced to you, someone was like, "Oh yeah, he used to work at camp," and it, it it is like this thing where there's been people that have worked there 
years after me, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like I think anybody that works at a camp just has that special connection. Kind of like our Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Much like that. <laughs> Do you now? Do you camp now? Still, though? I haven't in a while, but I do like camping. Do you like yeah. camping? Yeah, I like like really going like down in uh, Daniel Boone National Forest, where you like hike in and find a spot kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I think there's someone if you go to camps as like kids, like it instills like bringing that back, that childhood, like just mm-hmm. being out in the woods. When I worked at the summer camp, I just smoked weed all day and worked in the kitchen. It okay. was awesome. It was the best job <laughs> okay. ever. Is it, well, with the, and I shouldn't say who I was doing that with. Uh, <laughs> we both know her. She passed away recently. She was like one of the best people in the world. Well, you can't cancel her. Then. Yeah, that's true. M- Missy Shore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's the biggest Missy. name drop we've had. Missy Shore. That's the biggest name yeah. drop we've had. A young Polly running around her feet the entire time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll allow it. I didn't know she went to this camp. <laughs> Dude, All everyone of, worked at this camp. Babyface worked at this <laughs> he camp. He did, man. Wait, did Babyface work at the camp? Yeah. He I think used we, to sit around wait, the camp. He was before me. Did you hang out with Babyface? No, it was before no, my time. It was, it was before my time. What's so. Babyface's real name? Kenneth. Kenneth? Edmonds. Yeah, Kenneth, Kenneth Edmonds. All right. Yeah, he'd sit around the campfire and play guitar and sing 110 Soldier every fucking night like we had to do. They uh, Grandma's feather bed. Yeah, they told me that... I, he, he didn't love it. He didn't love his time there. I think <laughs> I don't think he's coming back to do any benefits for the for, for the camp. I just remember the the camp down there was the CYO camp and then about a mile down the road was Camp Paula Wopek, which was just Lord of the Flies. Oh like, yeah. Like the kids would just like run my You'd son always see there. the ambulance going down the camp yeah. all back. <laughs> Their bus would go by, and then all the kids would hang out of the window and go, Go, blow, CYO. <laughs> so I used to work with a guy who was based, because like by the end I was the adventure coordinator, mm-hmm. and I, w- I would drive the, you know, the, the camp bus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met their, my counterpart at Paul Wolpeck years afterwards where we were, uh, working in a bar together right and i was like oh you did the adventure program for paul wolpeck that's crazy and i was like man you guys used to come and do those like you know they would do chinese fire drills like in the middle of this road Clay it was road, pretty man. dangerous yeah they would let all the kids get off the bus and then stop and run out empty the bus and get back on and i'm like man and i remember i was like i can't believe you did that weren't you scared you were gonna lose your uh your bus driving license and he was like Bus driving license. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that CDL they made you get before the summer. He's like, they don't do that. <laughs> That's old school. My kid like, went there for a, for a week one summer. He did Palo Opec, and it was an all-boys week. And the first letter we get from him is, like, the first day. And he's like, this place is awesome. First thing I saw was some nude kid swinging on a rope into the lake. <laughs> <laughs> It really is, Lord. Like yeah. on their brochure, it was just like a, a kid kayaking with a like no life jacket yeah. on. It's <laughs> chaos. It's like it's like Adventure Park for yeah. the entire summer for those kids. It's just chaos, barely managed. They like ring a bell every time the death count goes up. <laughs> <laughs> like it's Hunger Games. <laughs> they uh, <laughs> whatever counselors would get fired for like drinking or whatever at this camp, they would just go down to Paul Holpeck. Pretty much. <laughs> Oh, hey, you're here early. Yeah. <laughs> All right, grab a T-shirt and a whistle. Is, that, do you, is there any training and instruction videos? No. Nope. 
I th- I think the one of the kids of the owners was on an episode. Of, they did an episode of Cops in Brown County. Oh shoot! <laughs> I think he got like a DUI or something. Fifteen like that. minutes of fame, man. There it is. Yeah. Well, he learned all of his like skills at camp. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll rob a gas station. I think I could do that. I went to Camp Wolpec. Do you know who I am? Well, there you know what their mascot was. Was it what a uh, uh, a, a syringe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that probably would have been better. No, they were the Apollo Peck Peckers. Oh, they were the wood, wood, woodpeckers. Straight up penises? No, woodpeckers. <laughs> they were the Apollo penises. They were the Apollo Peck straight up penises. The straight up penises. Send your kid here to the straight up penises. <laughs> AKA woodpeckers, but you get what we're really talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Dylan, walk us through the uh, Walter Paisley movie house. Uh, it's because it's it's had a couple different forms and yeah, um, inceptions. So it's uh, it basically I was I was born to be a late night horror host, but um, I didn't have the initiative, so I'm doing this instead. But um, like once a month, I'll show movies in Irvington. Um, we do a family film and then a not family film. Um, all of them have to have some kind of cult cred. Either it's a movie that's kind of endured um, with a cult following or it, there's something unique about it to, to make it worth seeing. So um, I try and do older films. Um, for the first film, like last month I showed Ivan Costello's Hold That Ghost. Mm. I, I I think it's kind of fun to watch like kids. I'll always show like a, a three stooges short or an old like Betty Boop cartoon and seeing kids like be exposed to that's pretty fun. Um, just, uh, I remember a little girl, like one of the first ones I did came up after a three stooges short and she goes, can I find more of those? Like, Oh yes, you can. <laughs> Don't tell your parents, but look on YouTube. <laughs> But um, was Betty Boop racy? I don't think I ever really watched a lot. Yeah, yeah. she was racy. Yeah, it no, was. No. Uh, we just watched this documentary on the Flesher cartoons, and uh, it it was something I never really picked up on until this documentary spelled it out. Where like all the Bugs Bunnies, all the Walt Disney ones were rural, and the Fleshers were putting in the city with a flapper, mm. and like they'd feature Cab Calloway or Louis Armstrong. They'd show the band playing up front. And then they'd incorporate the song into the cartoon because that's where they made their money was off the music. Yeah, okay. So they'd use cartoons to sell records and stuff. And mm. like seeing Cab Calloway sing Minnie the Moocher and then it turned into a cartoon. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. Betty Boop, this is, this is what I got. Yep. She's racy as heck. <laughs> well, I didn't know, like, was she, did she, was she talking nasty or like, was, no, I, I no, she was, she was, she was kind of, uh, a pure sweet girl who yeah. just happened to be a flapper living her life. Okay. And can can you describe flappers to our younger audience? That was like the the jazz age um like Gatsby era where women and were starting to explore not just their own sexuality but also bring it to the forefront saying, right. you know, we're about why this. are why the fuck are we covering our knees? And so <laughs> not just long shorter, socks, but sometimes right. short socks. <laughs> yeah. But you know, shorter dresses, shorter haircuts. That was a big change doing these bobs. A lot of headbands. Uh, a lot of headbands. Yeah. That's what Julie probably knows more about this than I do, but uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of that era of um, 
we were we were breaking out of the industrial age, and so everybody was into self expression, and so whatever you were into, people were shouting about. Okay, it was a real fun time before Hitler went and fucked it all up. So, <laughs> like the Weimar Republic in Germany, the the cabarets they had and things were some of the most outrageous experimental theater you could imagine. Really? Yeah. Bertolt Brecht came out of that with Kurt Weill, and um, then the war happened and kind of changed everything. But. I'm not aware of Kurt Weill. Doggone it. He's a composer. You know the song Mac the Knife? Yeah. That's from a, a Brecht play called Mac the, the Knife. Yeah. I could take your last hour. That one? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Nope. I thought Did I was singing Did he just make up a song? <laughs> he just really committed to it. I don't, know. I don't know. Am I being punked or what's going on? That's not it. <laughs> Can we get a little diddly? Can we get a little diddly? Oh, Mac the knife? shark bites with his teeth, babe, and he shows that early white. <laughs> Is Mac that exactly? That's it. That's it. You're. The, that's it exactly. The, the yes. background comes in and says what I'm saying, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> sure. Come on, guys. Give me this one. <laughs> of course, I know. I'm singing it with him. Okay. Yeah, you were. How much of singing is technique? <laughs> I would say a hundred, like Alan Sternberg. I would love if there was just like a show where you just tried to guess songs <laughs> like that until you could merge your made up song into the actual song. Like, yeah, that's what I was thinking the whole time. What are you guys talking about? Yeah. Uh, uh, shark. We, <laughs> Oh, the shark man and the bad pussy. Uh, bad pussy. Okay, we, 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 we got we got, we got pussy. We got a little derailed from the Walter Basley movie. Out. No, this is actually how it usually goes. Yeah. Wait, um, wait did, were we saying bad pussy was a cartoon for a second? No, no, oh. but my God, it should be. Brought to you by Fisher Price. Be like just like Toxic Crusaders. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, now I'm also doing a podcast with that, and uh, I interview people involved in cult films. So I've been able to have uh, Lloyd Kaufman, uh, Debbie Roshan, two people from Troma. They were my first two guests. Um, Fred Olin Ray, who is he's got over 200 films under his belt, um, did Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers and um, Scalps, which was like kind of a revolutionary slasher. He did that early on. Um, Jack Hill was possibly my best get he's a guy um he brought the world pam greer um mm. and sid haig um he made uh only 12 films um but he's still alive kind of doing he's writing his memoirs now but um the big dollhouse coffee foxy brown um the big bird cage those are all pam greer sid haig movies you know these these people that we never would have heard of without this dude. Yeah. Um, and he did my favorite horror film, which is spider baby, which is up there with my favorite films of all time. Um, which is a Lon Chaney jr. One of his later films. Uh, but Sid Higgs in that kind of inspired Texas chainsaw massacre. A lot of movies that came after were inspired by this movie. And it's just, it's a quirky, weird film, but mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Uh, how do you, how do you get these guys? How do you get all these guys? So you just, I just ask them. Just ask them. Yeah, I talked to. Excited to talk to someone that's excited to talk to them. Pretty much, yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, I I I'm, uh, interviewed a guy named Bill Rabane who made um, actually one of the top grossing movies of '75, and that's the year Jaws came out. He made a movie called The Giant Spider Invasion on a shoestring up in Wisconsin, 
and uh, made he he contended with Jaws that year. He made a lot of money compared to what he put into it. But um, I talked to him and his assistant asked if there was anybody they could connect me with, and I said, "If you know how to get a hold of Jack Hill," and she sent me his phone number. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I just yeah. called him on a on a Saturday afternoon, and he was excited to do it. And uh, it's it is kind of cool because. Uh, getting to talk to those guys, a lot of them probably do feel forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, they uh, they sure. put out these enduring films, and I mean, honestly, changed the the landscape of cinema with coffee. Um, you know, and I was I couldn't stop talking to him. I mean, I would have talked to him for five hours, but um, you know, he got he welled up with tears a couple of times. He was like genuinely touched when I told him that my son and I have watched Spider Baby every Halloween as far back as I can remember. He he was really touched by that. Um, so That's it is, awesome. it is kind of cool being able to talk to these people and yeah, let them know, you know, they're still remembered. Yeah. It's fun. That's amazing. I love that. Beat for me there, mister. Ooh, spooky plugs. Hey. Spooky plugs. Dylan, welcome to spooky plugs. Uh, where can people find you and follow you on social media? <laughs> oh, they can find the Walter Paisley movie house on Instagram at WP movie house. And on Facebook, you can find our page in our group. Join both. On the page, I'll promote the movies that we're showing uh, next month at Coolyard Coffee on November 13th. We'll show Little Shop of Horrors, the musical, as a sing-along, followed by Blood Rage, a Thanksgiving slasher starring Louise Lasser, <laughs> and it's delightful. Uh, and then the podcast um, I do every other Monday. Uh, in fact, tomorrow, Butch Patrick from The Munsters is going to wow. go up. Yeah. Yeah, the, so. the the boy, the, yeah, the, Eddie Munster, the yeah. Eddie. Oh, that's yeah, amazing, interesting dude. We we're he, just talking uh, about the Munsters. Yeah, he's a he's a real interesting dude. So that'll be up. Tomorrow. I don't know how. See, you're you're way more um, close to the chest to me. If anyone had brought up the Munsters, and I had Eddie Munster coming on my podcast, and I, there's no way I didn't say that at the time. Oh, I, I have people do promos, so I I always <laughs> I have I have a promo from him for the movie nights and for the podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. I always try and get promos from him. Daddy's Jay. November 2nd, I will be on a show with Amber Falter and Dan Sabree in Columbus, Ohio. I believe uh, uh, Harder Brunch friend is going with as well. Um, it should be fun. Um, anybody that's listening to this, come out and see it. I don't have anything today. Zach. <laughs> no. Uh, guys, uh, we're going to, we're going to, Dylan's going to stick around for. <coughs> Uh, we got a really fun game we're about to play on the Patreon. Um, if you want to listen to it, only $3. Be a patreon.com backslash harder brunch, and you can be a supporter, and you can get uh, an extra four episodes a month. Four full episodes of bonus content. I'm like, what's that face for, Zach? Are you saying that that's such a bargain? You can't believe it costs only $3? I feel like we're at like three and a half. Oh my god! <laughs> your IQ's three and a half. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening and supporting, and uh, stick around for the Patreon. And we'll see you later.